you have tuned in to another awesome hour and a half. Wait, uh, no, twenty nine minutes and Should twenty we seconds. Extend the show? I don't think so. People are already bored. They said listening to us in twenty nine minutes and twenty seconds. Uh, someone told me the other day. They said, "Father, uh, it fits perfect into my run." And I hope that when I listen, I get a time out of purgatory. That's about right. So welcome back to another episode of Pastors of Pain. Here we are. Double emphasis on the pain. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. Still Easter. Risen indeed. Still Easter, people. Uh, You may be thinking, hey, the bunnies are all gone. Uh huh. Uh, the, the Easter eggs have all been eaten. The Easter eggs are all now rotten. <laughs> but it's still Easter. Still going strong. And uh, we're coming up on the end of the school year. Uh, this weekend, we're recording this. We record this uh, on a. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday ahead of the weekend. And then, if you didn't know, the show is not live. It's not. When it, on Sunday mornings, when at nine thirty, when this plays on the radio, uh, both of us are. You're about to start mass because you have a ten o'clock uh-huh. mass, and I am coming out of mass because I have an eight thirty mm-hmm. mass. So anyway, just I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but it's not live. Someone asked me if we could do a live show sometime, and I said, and "Give me said a suggestion." No. I said, "Give me a suggestion." You said, "Go away." And they said, "Eskimo Joe's patio," and I was like, "That sounds oh, like a really great on. one." What about calf fry? Well, that's this weekend. Should Is we just it? Show, we should just show up with uh, headsets and <laughs> act like we're and, doing. Oh, and uh, like cowboy hats and short shorts. <laughs> hey, y'all. That would be no. Everyone, I'm, all of you are getting a mental image in your head right now, and I'm sorry, but it'll never go away. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's a it's a uh, here in Payne County. We have this. Uh, if you're if you're not from here, if you're from here, you know it, mostly because of the police presence, <laughs> the checkpoints. If you are Roman not from uh, from Stillwater, uh, this weekend is what is known as the Calf Fry Festival. Uh, Father Kerry, tell us a little bit of what what. Uh, well, what apparently, it? apparently it's uh, live music, people dressing up in Western gear, uh, getting very inebriated. Yeah, there's a lot of drinking and uh, throwing beer bottles and cans oh, when, at each certain other? So- uh, yeah, when certain or at songs. Yeah, live music. Yeah, uh, no. There's so. also this great live music festival that goes on where all these bands show up, but I'm not sure if anybody is aware that that also is going on. It's like I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. It's like like I went to – there was just a bunch of people who were drinking, and there was some music there too. Yeah. So we uh, we pray for the salvation of the souls and their holy protection. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Easter. It's still Easter. It's uh, awesome. We we had the uh, Payne County – Sheriff. So, if you didn't know, St. Francis Xavier, the new the new St. Francis Xavier, we're at uh, Country Club in McElroy. We are actually outside of the city limits of Stillwater, <gasps> outside the city limits. So we're in. So when we have an issue, if we ever have an issue, we call the Payne County Sheriff's Office. Boop, 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 boop. And they're awesome. They're they're great. They're great to work with. Did they so, have that? Wait, wait. Did they have a show like the City of Stillwater has a show? Uh, the Payne County does not have a podcast. That, Payne that County I, Sheriff Department. That I am aware. I would love to they hear. They do have, however, Lost I Ponies. Think we've talked about this. Yes, and that is the Payne County Sheriff's Report, I which appears that. on a weekly to biweekly basis in the Stillwater News Press, which you know, because our little routine when. I either read the paper first thing in the morning you, or it's the last thing I do. You get at livid night. when it's not in there. Last night, so we I get home, we both got home kind of at the same time and uh and so usually <laughs> I get home and kind of get change into comfortable clothes, uh you know, get a 
bottle of water and uh, the Payne County newspaper. And uh, and I read the newspaper. So just catch up on sports and whatever's going on. We get the Tulsa World and we get the Stillwater News Press. Yep. And I and I go to the Stillwater News Press and I look and you know headlines and stuff like that. I look for parishioners, you know, some of our teenagers doing cool things, swimming and all kinds of cool stuff. And then I search for the Payne County Sheriff's Report. And when it's not there, it's a big disappointment because it's awesome. Yeah. So all the things you'd expect, you know, there'll be vandalism, larceny, larceny, breaking uh, and breaking, entering, breaking a protective order, uh-huh. those kinds of things, right? That that happen everywhere. We wish they didn't, but sin is real and, and, and and then and specific things to the Red Dirt Riviera. Every once in a while, there there will be uh, horse out, goat on road, pony found. Wait, is Perkins? Perkins is? Oh, are yeah. they in Payne County? Yep. Oh, it's awesome! It's so awesome. And then sometimes I take a picture of and put it on my Instagram. Yeah. Just so my I feel like because my I feel like my family doesn't really know where i live houston <laughs> my, my uh city dwelling suburban family does not understand the glories that that is Payne county mm-hmm. and just how rural and agricultural uh we are yeah i, I have a i have a question a uh, question for you yeah your, your parish boundaries extend down to the cimarron to river, the cimarron river in correct. perkins okay now tell me tell me about your trip down to perkins Oh, oh, like yeah. visiting so the good Catholic ago? people. I went to what, Perkins what, what, three what? days in a row. What? I want to know this. I want to. How do so many Catholics end up in the Perkins? T- tr- tr- Perkins Tryon metropolitan oh, area. Yes, the Metroplex. Yeah, so we have. Uh, I'd have to do an official count, but I, my guess is we have about sixty families in Perkins. So Perkins is a town. To go to St. Francis Xavier. Go to St. Francis Xavier. I'm going to cough right now. <coughs> oh, and I'm back. Thank you. Uh, so last year when I first arrived, uh, many of the Perkins families, uh, you know, they would come up and introduce themselves and say, they're, well, we live in Perkins. I'd say, where do, you, where do you live? You know, I'm trying oh, to get a feel. Oh, we live in Perkins. And they're very proud because Perkins is awesome. Now, my, my frame of reference before I moved here, my sole frame of reference of Perkins is it is the home of, of my seminary yeah, classmate. Father Gary Castle. Father Gary Castle. And so I had actually been to Perkins to go to his house and to meet his family. And this was years ago. And so now I get here and realize, okay, wow, I'm going to St. Francis Xavier. I've got, you know, most of Payne County is my parish. Not all, but most of Payne County because Cushing is in Payne County and Cushing has its own parish. Saints Peter and Paul. Shout out to Father Emmanuel. What, what? Then, uh, so I get here and I meet all these people from Perkins and they're very proud and it's awesome. So then about a year ago, we had a Perkins Catholic gathering. It happened at the Vassar Community Center right there in the heart of Perkins, right by Pistol Pete's house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember last year when we visited Pistol Pete's grave? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. We I made a pilgrimage. It. So it was so awesome because the night before, I had some friends in town from Tulsa, and we were debating where to go to eat, Oh, and we went to Cafe 33. Right there on the... On, uh, yeah, yeah. Right there, not it's on one Perkins of my favorites. Road, but on 33. So that was visit number... Oh, no, no, so that was visit number two. The night before was the Perkins Catholic Gathering. So all the families from Perkins, not all, but all who could come, we met at the Vassar Community Center there in Perkins, and we had dinner, and it was awesome. There were probably, I don't know, 50, 60 people there. Cool. It was wonderful. And there were a couple new families, so they got to know people in Perkins, and it's the Perkins Mafia, and it's awesome. (laughs) 
the Perkins Mafia. So then the next day, so that Friday night was the Perkins gathering. Okay. Saturday was uh, taking my friends out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Actually, they took me out to dinner. I should give them credit. Then the next day after mass, I went to Perkins again to bless the home of a family new to the parish and uh, Spanish speaking. It was a awesome. It was so, great. Casa. so I went to Perkins not once, not twice, but three days in a row, and it was glorious. And I want to go again. I, there's a Mexican restaurant in Perkins, which is what? owned and operated by some Catholics. Just did you know this? And I want to go. I, I have no Can idea. We go. Just to know there's a restaurant there. We're gonna go. I'm excited. Oh. So go Perkins. Good job. Wow. Okay. Well. That's, so that's going on. That, Perkins. So, so your your uh, your parish boundaries extend pretty far. It's a and, large parish, and there's there's lots of stuff going on this this weekend. Oh boy! Oh, second. It is, yeah, we're it's, this is we're, this is the third third isn't Sunday. This your second to last, third Sunday of Easter. Third Sunday of Easter, but your second last, to last Sunday. Yep, well, graduation's coming up here in a couple of days on the eleventh. Yeah, and then we're uh, we're headed to Belgium, Luxembourg, France, Germany, and the Netherlands on a pilgrimage. When he with, says we, he means him, and I'll be here. Fifteen other people ministering, working. Celebrating uh, the sacrament. I'll be evangelizing Northern Europe, and you'll just and they need it. By the way, uh huh. So you got this weekend the first Holy Communion. Yes, the sweet little children of God. Uh, We have thirty eight of our thirty eight thirty eight of our little people who will be receiving first Holy Communion. Okay, what did you wear at your first Holy Communion? I wore. uh, They made us. I have this. It was nineteen eighty. How old are you when you received first communion? Eight. Just seven, eight. That would have been ni- like 1983. Yeah, same. Uh, so I, the picture we have is me uh, in front of the church. It was uh, the Church of the Presentation, okay. Stockton, California, Whoa. where we lived. Yep, Diocese of Stockton. Shout out. Uh, we wore uh, these almost like an alb, like a white, so kind of a white garment. Yeah. And then it was th- there was this big like blue kind of bow tie. It was very 80s. Big? It was... Like the size of your hand, like right was, now as an adult? It probably went... It probably... Oh, bigger than my hand. So we're talking like... I got to find this picture, and if we do, I'll, I'll post it. For, ask your for mom. See. But what I also remember is that I had a huge like gap in my teeth, <laughs> and then I had really big hair. I had kind of no, a mushroom... I saw that picture at your parents' house. I had kind of a mushroom fro going, uh, which made me holier. Uh but it was awesome. And I, what I remember about my first communion is we, because uh, I'm the youngest kid, so it was kind of the last one of the family. We went out to for pizza after. Uh, there were gifts. Yeah. Some of the gifts were He-Man action figures. <laughs> and that was awesome. Very awesome. Okay. It was a good day. Yeah. What about yours? Were you, my, were, mine you were was in second Saint, grade? Mine was at St. Thomas More in, uh, in Tulsa, East Tulsa. And his father Jewett, Bernie Jewett, gave nice. me uh, first Holy Communion. I still a blessed remember, memory. Yes, R.I.P. Jewett, and it was. Uh, <laughs> I saw a picture of it a few years ago, and I had like these sweet 1980s checkered pants on. Mm. They were hot stuff. Wow! And like you got a, a picture, and like really? a big, big winged uh, lapel shirt. Ooh! Yeah. Was there an IZOD involved? And I know that it was it the eighties. It, it was just straight white. It was a straight white, you know, like button-up shirt with oh. these checkered pants and these big shoes. 
And there's pictures. Uh, yeah, I think so. Can so we can can we get a hold of that? I have to hunt them down. That if, would be awesome. My mom does not listen to the show, by the way, so what? she's not going to hear this moment of me. Let's uh, see if we can track down first communion pictures. Okay. Well, right. Put that on your little notepad, your little file, and let's writing it uh, down. Okay, writing it good. down. So it, this, this is happening. So you have all you have thirty six kids, thirty eight, thirty eight kids having their first holy communion. First holy communion. So what? Like, how do you prepare little people? Because I've never done that before. I've never had to teach Didn't little kids. Did you kid- do it your first year at here in Stillwater? I think I had like the merge. I think I had three kids. Most of my children that I had uh, when I was the pastor of St. John and it was a parish before the merge, I had like maybe most of my kids were because under. Because kids don't like you. Were under That's five. Okay. They Let's were afraid move on of from me. That. Yeah. Under five. There, uh, there was probably 18 under five. Because they're afraid of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I did show up in a gorilla costume and scared them. That's how we do it. Uh huh. That's first day of first communion prep. Father shows up in a gorilla gorilla costume. torso dragon I head. I throw bananas at them. <laughs> uh, no, we our first communion is a is like a year long preparation process. So all the all those kids are together in a class. Yeah, they are led by kind of a lead teacher. In our case, is Lisa Carney, who is awesome, awesome. She like is on it. She's dedicated. It's awesome. Okay. She knows everyone's names. She like teaches them. She teaches them like the. All the, uh, like the, what everything in the church is called. Uh, she takes them on a tour of the sacristy so they know, like, what a chalice is and what a patent is and, you know, all that stuff that most, like, regular Catholics would, like, say, oh, is that the cup looking thing? No, no the, it's a chalice. Is that the dish thing that the bread goes on? Is that on? the dish? No, it's a patent. Like, they all have names. Anyway, so the kids learn all that. Okay. And then they learn just, they learn about the Eucharist all year long. All year long. Yep. Okay. Every Sunday for. Have you sat in on September a class before? To, I've I've gone in. Yeah. How does she teach them about the Eucharist? Does she does she kneel down and say, now, uh, when the species of the bread becomes a species, <laughs> does she do that? Uh, I don't know how detailed they get in terms of like big like theological. I mean, you know, did, I don't know that they know transubstantiation. Yeah. But if you said like. What happens? The, what happens to the bread and the wine? The, like the kids would say, they would know that it changes. That through the, they could say through the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes, and and goes from being bread and wine to being the body and blood of Jesus. And they would also be able to articulate that although it, like we would say in theology, we would say, like talk about substance and accidents. That the substance changes, but the accidents don't. Meaning that it still smells like bread, yeah. tastes like bread, looks like bread, but it's not bread. They would they would be able to articulate that without saying without using the words substance and accidents like we would in theology. Oh, wow! Those are smart kids. They're smart kids. Yep. So we've actually had a couple rehearsals. Uh, so mm-hmm. we do a little rehearsal where we we try to like take all the pictures ahead of time as much. So you as make them dress up in their little possible. tuxedos and uh-huh. stuff. So they come to the rehearsal, then I and I get dressed in in uh, what I would wear at mass. And we take a lot of pictures so that on the moment of the day of it's it's reverent and it's and there's not they don't feel like they're going to the Golden Globes or something because <laughs> they're dressed in little, tuxedos. Little they hats, are so cute. Though, canes. They get they get all dressed up. It's awesome. So you have it's confessions awesome. for them. Then first Holy Communion mm-hmm. on the same day or the no. Confession? So confessions have been their first confessions were several months ago. What and we encourage. 
them if they need to, that they would then go. Um, so some of them, my, my, my guess is, will will come mm-hmm. this weekend. Well, but it's a it's a it's a joyous day, I think, for the whole parish because it's the it's our it's our future, right? We have all these little guys, most of whom are in second grade, but we have a few third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders who haven't yeah. received communion, and they um they come in and, and it's joyous. So we actually do it twice. We do it at the five o'clock mass on Saturday for the English speakers, okay. and then Sunday at one o'clock for the Spanish speakers. Oh, so it's. It's the current members of the church and the kind of future pew fillers. Yeah, uh, in the, but I in think the, it's inspiring. Like, I mean, I find it inspiring, right? I love the Eucharist, and I believe yeah. everything the church teaches. But to see, like, little kids with strong faith is is inspiring. Jesus says, you know, unless you become like this little child. Hmm. That, so that the faith of kids, I think, kind of wakes us up. Sometimes we get a little lukewarm. Sometimes we get kind of stuck where we think, okay, here we go, Mass again. Blah. <laughs> All right, Father, you know, t- let's, let's finish. Let's wrap it up. I got to go out to eat. And then we see, the, like, the beauty of the faith of these kids, and it inspires us. I recently heard a story that a, a family was sitting in church, and the, like, nine-year-old started explaining to their four-year-old brother what was going on at the oh, consecration. Love it. was like, okay, so you see, you see the priest put his hands over the chalice. Okay, this is called the epiclesis. I'm like, this kid knew this at That's the age awesome. of nine. This is called the epiclesis, where the Holy Spirit comes down upon the bread and the wine like the Holy Spirit came down upon Mary at the incarnation. And like the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles at Pentecost. And Boom. At this moment, wow. this little four-year-old brother's like eyes are like saucers like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like, and then it becomes the body and blood of Jesus. And he's like, wow. That's awesome. So this was happening during Mass, and a parent was telling me about it. Like, they heard their nine-year-old explaining, and they're like, you want to lean over and be like, shh. But it's a great moment where there's like a nine-year-old is teaching their four-year-old brother, nine-year-old boy teaching a four-year-old boy. That's why I like the most important the, part of the, the, like the bells that we use the bells at, at mass, you know, and that's not required. I mean, you'll go to, you'll go to parishes where they, yeah. they don't use bells, but the, I, lo- I love that little one ring of the bell at the epiclesis when the priest calls down the Holy Spirit upon bread and wine, you get one ring of the bell because it's like, especially for a kid who maybe is kind of tired or distracted or. When they hear that bell, what it says is something important. Ruh-roh. It's like, all right, everybody, wake up. Yeah, yeah. Here, something is happening right here. And then the bells ring again at when the Eucharist is held up in the form of bread and then again as the chalice. Yeah. It's wonderful. Tell me about, uh, so one thing people don't really know a lot about uh, is during Mass. <clears throat> so if you come to Mass and you, and you, and you watch, if you just watch the priest— Sometimes we say things like it almost looks like we're talking to ourselves. Oh, uh huh. So there are these private prayers in the Mass that the priest says. I thought maybe we could talk about that for a few minutes. Really? What what what's going on there? Oh, you know the uh, after the bringing up of the offertory. Yeah, you know one of, so one of the things. One of the things I, I really like to emphasize to people is at the offertory, it's not a time to like get out and do your uh, your balance, your checkbook. It's not a moment to uh, text your friends. 
It's not a moment to like you know start digging around and looking for something. It, the offertory of bringing the bread and wine, and that's what the church prescribes, the bread and wine. Hey, did you remember on Holy Thursday? Tell me. It says, I think I think it's Holy Thursday, is the only time in uh, where the church permits you to bring food or other things yes, forward we're doing that next for year. the poor. We're doing that next year. That was so great. Was that in the... We, what? We, it was on the Liturgy Guys podcast. That's what it that was. both of us listened to like the day after Easter, when in fact like, we should have listened to it. A month prior. Like a week ago. I was like, I'm such an idiot. We're behind. We're new. Okay, so bringing forward the gifts, the bread and wine, is this you know, this procession that goes on <laughs> to, br- to bring them up. Uh, um, and that's the same time we're called, this mystic in South America wrote, that it's also the same time we unite our prayers and give them to our guardian angels to take them to the altar to be put, uh, put upon them. Uh, and, and then the prayer which I don't remember because I just read it out the book. What does it go? Blessed are you. Oh, that we. So this can be this this prayer can be said out loud. Yes. Uh, so oftentimes at daily mass you'll hear it out loud, but at Sunday mass it, not. So it's kind of the priest's option. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for, for through your goodness, through for through goodness your goodness we, we have, have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. And then the people say, "Blessed be God forever." And then the priest takes the the chalice. But before that, uh, yeah. yeah. So there's a little piece. You'll you'll see the priest will take a little drop of water. They'll take the little what we call a cruet Uh with the water in it, and they'll pour a little water into the chalice. What's going on there? I've I've heard a couple things. One, Father John Grant should be on this show. He is an incredible liturgist. And we're gonna is he a pastor it. of pain? He is not. Then he can't be on the show. Uh, he's a carry on. <laughs> he is dead to us. We're very exclusive here. We discriminate. But he is coming to Payne County this weekend. Who aren't pastors of pain? Yes. So I've heard it was originally for adding water to the wine to bring down its kind of uh, strength. Yeah, it was just That's its practical purpose. Yeah, its practical purpose. That was uh, at least one of them. But w- what's the what's the words that the the priest says by the mingling of Isn't this? It funny? Wa- Isn't it funny that like during we say it every day, and Sometimes I don't know twice them. a day. But then say when, the black, do the red. That's when that's what I do. You're called upon to. Uh, this is looking. This is you're looking. He's literally got his magnificat looking. This is my same thing with the sacrament of confession. People come in and they're like, "Oh, Father, remember what I said?" Ready? I'm like, "I have no idea." Ready? Here it is. Okay. So when the priest puts the water into the wine, the priest says, "By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled Himself to share in our humanity." We could do a whole show on that. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> By the now mystery you... of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. I think first thing I notice is that the priest is using the we. Yeah. So it's not the priest talking about himself, although later on he does. Uh, the priest speaking on behalf of the people, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. It, I, I've been trying to emphasize this over the last couple of weeks with students at the this basic line right here to share in his divinity. And this is at the heart of the Christian message, especially at the resurrection. Uh, 
and the incarnation and all these major events in the life of the church and the life of salvation history is that God wants to share his divinity with us. He doesn't want to just say, here's some rules and this is Christianity. Start following them. Now, he wants to share his divinity with us. Uh, You know, St. Peter will say in one of his letters, let us become partakers of God's very divine nature. Yeah. And this is what we're what we're that's doing. What a Christian th- is someone who's Christ like oh. or called to be. And that's where I mean, that, shoot, that's where the, the beauty of the Eucharist, where you take Christ into your body, where he literally becomes part of every cell of your body and mm-hmm. you become like him. I love that. OK, so the next one is after the, the priest offers Ooh. the bread and the wine, then the priest like bows this is uh, right before the washing of the hands. Uh, so God. the priest says, "Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, uh, with humble spirit and contrite heart, may uh, I don't know." So the priest nine says, years of priest as like, he's bowing with humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Yeah. And then he turns, and the servers, if there are servers. Would would then wash the priest's hands? Yeah, you know. Okay, so the washing of the hands. And there's so, another prayer there too. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. One, the sacrifice that the that the liturgy is a sacrifice. We we call yep. the host a host because it's hostia, o salutaris hostia, o saving victim. victim. So the the Lord Jesus. Uh, in the Byzantine Church, they call it a lamb. The bread on the um, on the what on we the call. Stick. <laughs> yeah, that you stick with the spear at the beginning. We can do a show on that too. Uh, but this is the host, the victim. And so this is the victim, Jesus Christ, that we're offering, um, that this bread and wine may become his body and his blood, his soul and divinity. I love that. And then the washing of the hands, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. That's what the priest says. That's okay. washing his hands. So Father John did a, a, a big paper on this prayer and its transition from the 62 missile prayer which was the prayer used by the high priest in the temple of washing his hands, I know, at the sacrifice of the lamb. So those two prayers were still connected. But then this one comes from a psalm. I don't know what psalm this comes from. That's where we get into like that that, that the mass has has beautiful roots in Judaism. Mm -hmm. I know we've mentioned it before, like this Brant Petrie book, The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So that's that's another one there. Okay, so then we move on, and then there's another one. Pray, brothers and sisters. No, that's done out loud. Oh. I'm thinking of the ones that are done not out loud. Because it it looks like, oh, why is the priest talking to himself? Okay, so then there's a part where... Um, after the Eucharist has been confected, after the epiclesis and and the, and transubstantiation yeah. has occurred, um, the priest takes a little piece of the host and drops it into the ooh, chalice. Ooh, I got this. I got this. By the mingling of may this oh, may this mingling, mingling okay uh, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life. To those who... To us. Ah, to us who... Are you even a priest? <laughs> yeah! May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Hey, that's why I got the so book. I don't make stuff up. I just read it and I do the prayers. So then there's then then we pray the Lamb of God. Okay, yeah. the Agnus Dei. Then uh, after, the, after the Lamb of God, the priest then says another prayer 
and then genuflex. Here's that prayer. Oh, oh. Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So it's more of a, it's actually a kind of a personal devotion of the priest. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me. Now we're talking just about ourselves. Free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. Wow. And there's another prayer. May the the receiving of your your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but But through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Wow. Awesome. The Eucharist. And then lastly, last one, and that is right before the priest receives communion himself, the priest says, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. And may the blood of Christ and keep me safe. And then may the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. So if you see your priest up there, looks like he's talking to himself. He ain't. He's not talking to himself. He's talking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a communion of the Lord with the priest. Yeah. So sometimes speaking on behalf of the people, sometimes speaking on behalf of himself. It's wonderful. Well, we're all called to pray for these little kids this weekend who are receiving yeah, First Holy Communion. Yeah, pray for them. Wonderful. And it's happening all over the, all over the church, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, first Communion weekend is kind of first week of May, second week of May. It's wonderful. So pray for those kids. Come to Mass this weekend. And uh, we look forward to seeing all of you soon. And we'll listen to you or you'll listen to us <laughs> next week. God bless. God bless. God bless.